You are listening to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hope you like it. I'm here with Michael Seaton. Uh, two goals tonight. How do you feel? I feel good. It was a much-needed win, knowing that we're coming in in the team. Well, they're in, they're in first place or second? They're in third. So it's a good thing that we got this win so we can move up in a, uh, the chart right now. How do you uh, how do you feel with your, your two goals and how do you feel with your performance tonight? I feel good. It's a team effort. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I couldn't get them goal without my teammates anyways, but this whole week I've just been working on shooting more in the game, and I think it pays off uh, starting from training. Uh, what do you think the team's strongest performance was tonight? Just keeping our heads, knowing that, um, I mean, it's a hot that hot atmosphere, you know, coming off from playing Portland at 12, you know, and um, we're getting our body adjusted for this one. Knowing that we've been here last time and we, we got caught off guard with the heat, it just, we just got adjusted to this heat, yeah. Did you guys feel like you adjusted well to that tonight? And yeah, we adjusted managed? well. We fell off in the, the second half. I think everybody got fatigued, you know what I mean, and just wanted the game to be over at that point, you know, but um, I mean, we felt, we fell off a little bit, like keeping that clean sheet, but I think we kept our heads just to see it out. That was Orange County Soccer Club player Michael Seaton after the match in Phoenix. Uh, and that was before he got voted to the USL Team of the Week. So great, uh, great evening for Michael Seaton and for the club as there was a basically a tale of two matches there. Orange County went up early, big, and let Phoenix back into the match, but were able to hold on. Uh, and now they head into a match tonight against Las Vegas lights fc in a match that we could probably expect the unexpected this is the orange and black soccer cast as we are underway from the champion soccer stadium and first time into the box it's a great ball and a boltson oh it's a world-class goal from orange county chaplo chaplo will have a go off the deflection and it finds its way in selmo shooting from the corner he put it in Second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Segbert shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I like, and I like over the top, and it down, it's in! Orange County equalizes! What a debut! Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Abalaji. Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me back from Phoenix, like he is each and every episode, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you feeling being back in California? Uh, substantially cooler, at, at the very least. Uh, but, but good. It was a great match. had a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome to hear. And we actually have a guest on with us this week uh, who's going to help us not only talk about the Phoenix match, but also help us preview the upcoming match tonight against Las Vegas Lights FC. And that's Carson Merck. Carson, how's everything going for you? Going good. Yeah, I'm excited to... You know, recap a good match and hopefully preview a good match tonight. Well, definitely. And we're glad uh, for those of you that uh, were not aware, Carson has uh, been helping out. Uh, he's been writing on the Orange County Soccer Club website, some of the game previews and uh, recaps. So it's uh, a good, uh, good voice to have on here with us. And also he, uh, by the way, uh, does a podcast for Las Vegas. So we sort of got like the double expert here. He's got the Orange County expertise. He's got some Las Vegas expertise. So we definitely are going to try and pick your brain a little bit today, if you don't mind that, Carson. Yeah, I'm hoping the experts don't cancel out and then I'm just an idiot overall. So hopefully I can provide at least decent <laughs> okay, knowledge for both teams. So. <laughs> well, it's a podcast. I, I don't think, uh, you, I always say this on every podcast. If we were like these amazing, super duper experts, we probably would be getting paid the big bucks from ESPN or Fox or uh, maybe even be in sport. I don't know, whoever you want to think about for sports. But, uh, you know, we're just here to have a little bit of fun, talk about this game that we love called soccer, uh, and just sort of share some ideas with everyone. So, again, thanks for joining us, Carson. For sure. 
And so uh, just before we get started, I just want to get all the, the fun information out of the way. Uh, just to let everyone know or remind everyone that the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is part of a bigger group of uh, podcasts, many of them that cover USL, but also uh, some you know other soccer stuff going on. And that's the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, they're at bgn.fm. Again, you can find our podcast. You can find Carson's uh, podcast, The Las Vegas. Is it, What is it, Carson? The Las Vegas Soccer? Soccer betting hour, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I always look at it. I'm like, man, that's like the longest podcast. I thought we had a long podcast name, uh, but then we get the Soccer Betting Hour uh, podcast for you guys. But uh, you can find them there. You can find the USL show. You can find many other uh, podcasts out there. So, And then also a reminder uh, for any uh, Orange County Soccer Club news, of course, you can go to the Orange County Soccer Club website and read what Carson has to say. You can also check out our friends at Angels on Parade, angelsonparade.com, which is part of SB Nation. Uh, they've been doing a wonderful job of covering Orange County soccer for the last few years. So it's definitely a good resource also uh, to check out that information. All right, so let's get into this and, uh, you know, let's just get straight into the, the, the thick of things. I think uh, this last match on Saturday where Orange County traveled out to Phoenix was probably, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are going to think any different, but I think it was probably the, the match of the, of the weekend for the USL uh, as uh, Orange County went out to Phoenix and uh, for what seemed like a, a blowout early on, it actually became a pretty interesting match as the, the match went on. Uh, but Orange County was able to come out victorious, 4-3 uh, over Phoenix Rising FC. Uh, I'll get straight to you, Carson. Uh, just what are your quick thoughts after, you know, witnessing that match and, and seeing almost two different teams, uh, you know, a, a half where it was a pretty much a blowout and then a, a good match afterwards? Yeah, like you said, I think looking back on the match itself, it was definitely one of the premier matches this weekend. Even if you look at it in the you know more broad scheme of things, you know the two teams tied for second place in the Western Conference. It was one of the bigger matches, you know, numbers wise the USL has had this season. So um, it definitely lived up to the hype. I think a big thing looking back on it, and I think I noticed it at the time, but then um, as I was rewatching it, was the Alessandro Region injury. It looked like early on that Phoenix was, I don't want to say taking Orange County out of their game, but it seemed like their pressure was making Orange County a little uncomfortable. And then uh, Regi went down and it almost kind of deflated Phoenix. And then, um, you know, you never want to see him injured. He's a good kid, so I'm hoping it's nothing too serious. I haven't seen any updates. But um, then it seemed like Orange County, once they kind of got their nerves under them, then they were good. But, yeah, it was, it was man, you, you – can't ask for much more in a match. You had quality all over the pitch, you know, seven total goals. And I, I was laughing. The one goal for it was originally for an own goal for uh, Noah Powder. And then it was whoever played the cross in. And the whole time it should have been Asante. And then it ended, ended up being Asante. So, uh, no, that was, a, that was a heck of a match. I think it was uh, hyped up to begin with. And then it, it lived up to the hype, in my opinion. Well, and anytime you can get, I mean, seven goals in a match, I know some of those goals came from penalty kicks, but still it's seven goals. I mean, uh, especially when you look at the American sports culture, we love, you know, Americans love the home run. They love the deep threat, the deep ball in football. Uh, they love, you know, the, the high paced, you know, offense, you know, it reminds me of, you know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, maybe eight, 10 years ago, but there's a lot of teams that do that now. We just, uh, as Americans, I think we love offense and so when you watch a match like this where you have seven goals four for one team three for the other so it's not like it's seven goal lopsided uh affair i i think it just uh fits right into uh what americans want as sports fans and and, and just as soccer fans i mean i loved it it was amazing uh on there uh our our our, ho our co-host here, Dylan, he actually traveled out to Phoenix with County Line Coalition, which was probably a neat uh, experience. Uh, I'm sure the County Line Coalition guys were, you know, ready to start celebrating there early in the second half. Um, probably didn't think that it was going to be as close as it was as the match went down. Dylan, uh, what were you guys experiencing there in the stadium, uh, you know, at the 4 nil point and then, you know, the re remainder of the match? Um, I mean, I like that you said it was basically a, a blow-up. Um, prior to it being a good game, I kind of looked at it as um, two separate blowouts happening, and then one just, you know, Phoenix's was just not quite enough to get a draw. But 4 0 up, we were having a lot of fun um, singing and dancing, and, and a couple of those goals came in such quick succession that I didn't really know. Like, we were still ce celebrating the one prior, and then all of a sudden, well, now we're doing it again. Like, um, so it was a nice back to back. Um, I think it was. 
uh, Quinn's penalty to Seton's second, uh, like two two minutes apart, I think. So we were still celebrating when Quinn uh, or when Seton got his second of the night. But um, I wouldn't say that we were uh, like lighting any victory cigars or anything um, when we were four 0 up. Phoenix is a good team, and, and we all recognize that, and I think even everyone on the pitch recognizes that. It's just easier for us as fans, um, up in the stands and singing, to keep going 75 minutes in than it is for guys who have been running around in 95 degree heat for and for 70 minutes, and it, you know it was also very humid in Phoenix. So um, things were iffy towards the end. I guess I'll say that. <laughs> um, defense kind of fell apart, I guess, or the, the team just wasn't really pushing as much as um, they had been the two-thirds of, a, of the match prior, but it was enough, thankfully, in the end to, to see it through. Um, and there's no doubt Asante really took control. If there was a player of that match, it had to have been Asante. As much as I, you know, as much as I love Seton and Enneboltson and Quinn um, and, and Christian Duke, uh, he had he really turned it on for Phoenix. I mean, without him, a four a four nil blowout would have been uh, pretty catast- uh, catastrophic for them. So, so we sort of um, know where where Dylan's going. Then when we start talking about player of the match, we we have an idea what Dylan might be uh, thinking there. Uh, but no, definitely you know, and, and maybe I have to take some of the blame for what happened to that match. Uh, I don't know if you're well aware, Carson, if you've listened to any of our past episodes, but. It seems like when Dylan or I, when either of us seem to get too confident, uh, you know, either in our predictions, uh, when we're talking about upcoming matches or even, you know, at matches, uh, it seems like there's just this this curse we put on the team. Uh, it's it's happened against uh, Galaxy 2 uh, a, a month or two back. Uh, it happened even, you know, I sort of take blame for the, the, the Timbers 2 uh, fiasco where we almost dropped the points there, at least the full three points there. So... Um, and I started tweeting probably uh, a little bit too confidently, I guess I'll say, uh, midway through that second uh, that second uh, half, and I tweeted the number four, uh, like a uh, an animation of the number four, and then all of a sudden, like five minutes later, I look at my phone and it's four to two. I'm like, oh great, I should just shut up now, because uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be the reason why uh, why Orange County uh, ended up uh, either giving up, you know, and, and drawing with Phoenix or maybe even eventually losing the match so yeah we, we must be cut from the same cloth and I even have a quick story that might even one-up that so I'm actually from Akron Ohio so I'm a Cleveland sports fan and for the um, 2016 NBA finals I watched the first two games and they lost and then for some reason I wasn't watching the third and they won and so I actually didn't watch any games that the Cavs won for the first championship in 50 plus years. So, um, no, I definitely, I'm, I'm buying into that. I'm buying into that, that, uh, mojo. Well, a hey, way to be committed for, for a team that you support. I mean, it must be hard when you're in, you know, the finals, NBA finals to like sit there. I'm not going to watch this. I, I did. I did what I, I thought I should get a, at least a, you know, prominent car in the parade, but it didn't happen, but or heck yeah, definitely worth it. You know, a LeBron's in the L.A. area now, so maybe he will somehow find our podcast here for Orange County. You know, maybe we can just drop drop him that hint. You know, hey, hook LeBron, hook up Carson with something for helping you guys win that championship in 2016. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's one of those things. And, and I know Dylan brought up uh, Asante on that match. I mean, that 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 guy was beasting it in the second half. Um, you know, I I look at it and he. I hate to say this, but he may have sort of opened up this sort of playbook against Orange County. Uh, I don't know if many teams can really force that on them. Is It's just Orange County lacks maybe that, that super pacey center defensive player. We have a lot of big defensive players. Everyone knows I love uh, Walker Hume. He's, you know, I was, I'm always looking for him out on the pitch, but he's not the paciest uh, of big guys back there. And I think in this instance where you have Phoenix that has so much speed – up top it definitely uh, showed a little bit of a weakness there uh at least they were able to break down a little bit i don't know um you know carson if you see that same thing or if i'm just uh, seeing something that i want to no, see no i i don't i don't think you're wrong but um i don't think there are any usl teams off the top of my head that have an answer for solomon asante um 
he's just, in my opinion, just that special of a player. So, uh, I again, you could be right with you know maybe not as much speed on the back line as you'd like, but um, Asante is one of those. There's a few players that you'll see in the USL where you're like, okay, I would probably you know watch a match just to watch him play, and he's one of those. So, uh, yeah, I don't think you can can sweat it too much if you weren't able to control him. Well, I guess then that's sort of good to hear there. Dylan, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what happened there, uh, especially in the second half with uh, Asante us- utilizing, or at least Phoenix even, just showing how speed can potentially hurt Orange County? Yeah, I mean, we've got a 33- or 35-year-old center back. Granted, he wasn't playing. Uh, Hoyvold wasn't playing, but um, Cronali and Hume are 6'4", 6'5". They have over a foot on Asante easily. Um, I'm pretty firmly in the camp now after watching him in this last match that if Asante were 5'7 or or 5'8 that he'd be playing uh, at some top flight club but only being 5'2 I think teams are hesitant to really give him a chance he obviously has the quality I mean (laughs) really put on a clinic against Orange County as much as it uh, got a little nervy towards the end um, for us just a guy of that quality like does it come down to his pace or does it come down to his quality? It's it's hard to say. Um, having the two younger or the, the younger of the four center backs, the two younger of the four center backs uh, playing, I think it really comes down to it's just quality and at the end of a match how fresh someone's feeling. Um, I'm, I'm wagering that Asante f- was feeling pretty fresh and that uh, Hume and Cronali were, were pretty tired by that point in the match. Well, and I mean, you just got to think of it. Phoenix is probably used to playing in that kind of weather, whereas Orange County, it's, I mean, I know we've we've had some hot weather out here. Um, I mean, don't, uh, Carson, don't uh, laugh at us when we talk about our hot weather here in, in Southern California. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, even with that, you know, a week or two or two or three weeks of that, you're not used to it the way a Phoenix is used to playing in it week in and week out, or a Las Vegas is used to playing in it week in and week out. So, uh, you know, there's definitely a, an advantage if you're used to playing in that hot weather. Uh, and yeah, maybe Dylan's right. Maybe just, you know, in that second half, the defense was, you know, wearing down a little bit and, uh, Asante saw his moment to try and, uh, claw, uh, get the Phoenix team back into the match. Yeah. Even with, um, Vegas, obviously not too far from Phoenix, there were players from Rio Grande Valley who, you know, South, South of Texas, so not, not cold there as we all know, um, when they were playing in Vegas, when they got there, they were kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, it's hot, it's, it's hot back home. And then talking to them after the match or even after training, they were like, dude, it's ridiculous here. Like, this is so stupid hot. So uh, it's definitely, it's something, even if you're used to it, I think it can still every once in a while catch up to you. But uh, you definitely build up at least a little bit of a tolerance, which can help. And, you know, a player like Asante, whose game is based on quick twitch ability, whether it's, you know, skills on the ball or just flat out speed, um, if there's even a step slow defender, it's not going to end well. No, definitely. And, and so we look at this match. Uh, like Dylan said, I, I, and Carson, I know you probably agree with this. It was a tale of two matches, uh, basically two blowouts. You had the 4 0 Orange County blowout early on and then early into the second half. And then you have the, uh, uh, you know, 3 0 Phoenix just explosion towards the end. Just uh, they spotted Orange County one too many points and they kicked on the the gear a little bit too late in the match and i know dylan uh you know there with counterline collision he was also there covering the match for our podcast and he actually got a chance to speak with the coach uh, uh brayden cloutier uh after the match and this is what brayden had to say just goes to show you no matter what the score of a game is what mo- momentum does um at four nil basically we see the game out they have no life one silly mistake breathes life into to the other team and obviously the crowd gets behind them and next thing you know you're on your heels and bang they score another one and it just makes it obviously difficult um, overall though before the game if you're going to tell me that we're going to come out of here with three points and, and win four three regardless of how it's done um, <laughs> I would take it in a heartbeat you know um, ultimately how it was done and and just obviously for me to go back watch the tape and, and focus on some of the things that we need to, do, need to do a little bit better um, there in the last 20, 25 minutes of the game um, to not give, her, give ourselves a heart attack there. But um, I'm very proud of the team because we scored four fantastic goals. Um, I, 
think there's only one team on the field up until that point. Um, so yeah, we're just going to keep carrying this momentum. You know, we learn from these things and, and ultimately take these three points and get on the bus ride and head home and recover and, and get ready for Wednesday. So that was uh, the coach after the match, and uh, it's just basically what we've been talking about. It was, uh, and it was two matches uh, that just happened to go in uh, Orange County's uh, favor at the end there. Um, I don't know, uh, Dylan. You were at the stadium. I don't know if you've ever been to that stadium, Carson. But is, is that stadium like sitting like right under the the pathway for the airport? It sounded like every like couple of minutes there was like this loud jet sound uh, coming on on the broadcast, and then you could even hear that there. Uh, when Dylan was talking to the coach there, uh, was is is it literally like planes flying right above you guys? I wish I could remember. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. I was preoccupied during the match and after. I was but... gonna, I was gonna say I've been there and I I can't even think off the top of my head either if, if there were planes flying over. Uh, it's right next to a freeway overpass. If that's, uh, I don't know. If yeah, that's it could it, be cars. But, um, okay. Yeah, at the back or the south end of the stadium <laughs> is not far from the the freeway overpass. So. I don't know how much of it's that, or maybe planes are flying over. I think it's a little bit too far um, east of um, Sky Harbor to be really that affected by it. But honestly, who knows? Um, it's weird because of because it is a pop up stadium. Um, their quote unquote tunnel is actually just a um, dirt walkway, essentially, that goes from the corner of the stadium to these portables, um, these raised portables out. Uh, just maybe 20, 30 meters from uh, from the field. So doing all that stuff outside and, and people are coming and going and then you can hear all the music in the background. It's a little <laughs> crazy. Well, no, I, I, well, interesting. I mean, I, I know us in Orange County where we've, we've experienced the pop-up stadium, um, you know, so we know what that's like. So uh, definitely good, uh, good information there. And, um, you know, on a scale of one to 10 Dylan as going there as a supporter, uh, how do you feel, you know, compared to, I know we've traveled to, you know, uh, Carson to watch Galaxy 2. Um, there's probably been some other trips in previous seasons. What would you rate this experience as far as traveling to Phoenix uh, to support Orange County? Well, uh, my only actual away trips have been matches to Carson, and I basically consider it as a home match because it's a half an hour drive. So, And it's a high school it's stadium, probably, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and that it's essentially, yeah, I mean, my high school has essentially the same stadium actually has more seating so you know there's that but i would give it a solid eight um the atmosphere was great and and most people were actually pretty welcoming we were having a lot of fan uh, a lot of fun with some phoenix fans actually even when it was four nil down and, and as they were coming back um and you know the viewer was something like i think it was like three dollars before the match started so they uh i think they have it figured out with how that club is run and, and the ownership and everything. It seems like they're doing a really, really good job. Perfect. Um, I don't know if, uh, Carson, if you have any other thoughts on this match uh, that you want to maybe talk about or or have we pretty much covered uh, everything that you could think of on this match or at least the, the highlights? Yeah, we, we pretty much got it covered, and I, I could even echo what um, Dylan was saying as far as match experience when I was out there. Um, fans were great. I actually – Pop-up stadiums, obviously not ideal, but for a pop-up stadium, I thought it was nice, uh, especially. But um, I remember, you know, being a soccer writer, covering soccer, you're supposed to take your, you know, fandom out of it. And seeing Drogba that close for me was one of those where I was like, okay, be cool, man. Like, give him a head nod. That's it. Just keep him moving. So um, it's definitely it's definitely a nice atmosphere out there. And he's obviously not playing, but... No, he's he's an attraction for sure. Yeah, one of the guys, uh, actually the guy that drove us out there, um, Matt is a massive Chelsea fan and a massive Drogba fan, and he actually got Ooh. to uh, shake his hand as he was walking past. I know you as a Tottenham fan don't respect that, and I really shouldn't respect that as a, well, not too much of a United supporter anymore, but um, hey, if I got to meet like Wayne Rooney or something, I guess I'd be pretty thrilled, uh, or like Ryan Giggs, so. He he was already pleased um, before the even match had even started, just based on off of that. So, well, and and Dylan, after the match, you sort of got to speak a little bit with uh, Michael Seaton. I know we have a a clip with it, but you also spoke to him outside of that clip. And um, you know, uh, you know, Carson talking about when you go there as you know a journalist, you sort of were supposed to try and take some of that fandom out of it. Uh, you want to try and act professional and whatnot. Uh, but even you know, as a player, when you have someone like Drogba there, I mean, Michael Seaton was probably. 
um, excited to be able to play, you know, although Drogba wasn't out there on the pitch with him, I think Michael Seaton was excited to be out there and be able to score a couple goals in front of a, a childhood hero, right, Dylan? Oh, yeah, he seemed, he seemed massively thrilled. Um, I tweeted at it, and I didn't realize that in my fatigue and excitement that I had managed to completely botch the second half of that tweet, but um, that he had said it was actually uh, Drogba was his favorite player growing up and that he'd been watching him since he was like eight or nine in, uh, in Jamaica. So he was very excited to have scored two, um, and he was kind of waiting around outside, um, outside the locker room wondering if he should go back in oh should i go say hi should i go say hi and i was like oh, come on man you got you got nothing else to do right now you're, you're waiting for everyone else to get rest so um kind of egged him on to get back in there and to, to go find drogba and, and say hello yeah it's um i mean anytime you can meet someone famous i mean as long as you're not you know acting a fool trying to do it i mean it's i mean it's something you got to do right i mean i i definitely even as a like you know you know a tottenham fan not the biggest Chelsea fan in the world, but, uh, you know, Drogba is just one of those, you know, all-time talents. You got to, you know, appreciate, um, even if it's not for your team, you still got to appreciate uh, what they've done for the sport. So that's pretty amazing. Okay, so what we'll do is, um, oh, you know, one last thing I wanted to sort of uh, bring up uh, before we move on from this match is the return of Andre Rawls. Um, you know, uh, no disrespect to any of the other goalies that have played for Orange County this year, which would be Casey Byers or um, Lopez. Uh, you know, Andre Rolls is the top class on this team as far as goalkeepers. Uh, he got off to a great start in this match. Uh, I would say, you know, maybe, of course, won the penalty and maybe even that second goal because it was a deflection right in front of the, the net. Uh, you can't really blame on him too much. But it was good to see Andre back behind uh, between the post for Orange County. Um, and it's definitely exciting uh, going forward, knowing that he seems to be in in good health. Yeah, he said uh, he admitted that he was he was rusty coming into this match. It, it had been a while, um, but that he was excited to get into it. Um, and he pretty much admitted that uh, he wasn't as fresh as he'd like to have been. But his his quality is still evident. Um, even in the first half, he can't, he had some pretty massive saves to keep us uh, or to keep the game level. Um, so I don't want to fault him too much for for the last half of that because it wasn't just him um that let those three in but you know moving on and as he gets right back in the match fitness we know what we could expect of him and uh, the rest of the season's looking pretty good with him uh, him in the back no definitely and and i know dylan you got to speak with him after the match and uh let's just go and play a little bit of that clip of what uh what andre had to say i mean overall i feel good uh definitely i was feeling a bit rusty um and then i mean still kinks gotta work out gotta really get back into game shape mentality and everything like that but overall i felt good going into the game I feel pretty good coming out of the game how do you feel with the team in front of you just right back into it no issues no issues whatsoever man they they battled for us um it was a great battle from everybody from the bench to starters everyone just put in a full 90 100 minutes of work out there um they made me feel real comfortable getting back in they, they had my back got it and then you might be the most static player on the pitch but uh how do you feel with the heat tonight with the heat? Yes. I felt it. <laughs> I felt the heat and humidity. Um, I mean, luckily this time around it was a little bit cooler, I think, from uh, when we were here last, but there was definitely more humidity in the air. Um, and uh, stagnant or not, I was definitely feeling it there. Got it. Yeah. All right. Looking forward to getting back in the, back in the starting 11? Oh, definitely. Always looking forward to getting in there. Look, got a big game Wednesday. Um, get the guys back, get them rested, do what we do at home. Alrighty. Take a win. Awesome. Enjoy your dinner. Awesome. So uh, it's, you know, it sort of uh, helps us transition, you know, getting ready into the, the next game. But before we do so, uh, Carson, what are your thoughts uh, seeing Andre back uh, between the posts for Orange County? Uh, is, like, uh, I, I'm sure you think that's a uh, definitely a positive thing, right? Yeah, like you said, it, it's not a slight to the other keepers. It's um, just a matter of, you know, that's the best guy on the roster. So definitely nice to see him back in there, obviously. In sports in general, you don't want anybody to be injured, so it's nice to see him getting back into it. And um, you'll take him being rusty now over as you get closer to the playoffs. So um, definitely a good time. About ten matches left, so it's a good you know he jumped back in. wasn't a great game, you know played well at times, but gives up three goals. And you know he's just going to continually work to get more you know back to full fitness, back to you know just his normal self, which we know is you know a top keeper. 
So let's go ahead and do this uh, before we move on and talk about the match coming up tonight. Uh, let's go uh, around and just sort of, I guess, pick a MVP or a player of the match for this. And um, I know Dylan sort of mentioned sort of where he, his thoughts are going. And by by all means, if we want to pick a Phoenix player, we can do so. Uh, but, you know, let's let's see who we all think. And we'll start off with you, Dylan, since you've sort of dropped a, a little bit of a hint of what your thoughts are. Um, I mean, the obvious answer is... Asante, and he had the massive um, impact for, for Phoenix in this match, but I actually, rather than give him, who is clearly the man of the match, uh, I'll give a little shout-out to uh, Mott Spearman, who um, pushed a little bit wider in that match. I know Cloutier mentioned that they pushed him a little bit wider in this match to try and exploit some holes in the Phoenix defense, and he did that job really really well um, just pulling apart their defense and letting uh, Enavolta and, and Seton do their work up top so I'll give it to uh, Bierman a uh, little bit of a um, I guess dark horse as he didn't you know, didn't get an assist or a goal or anything great and Carson what about you who would you pick for your player of the match I would I would go Asante um, just the way he was able to completely take over that match he wasn't great early on but I still think that second half performance was worthy of that, but um, if I had to give a, a second place, and it wouldn't be wouldn't be by a, a long shot, it would be Michael Seaton for sure. Um, I don't, I mean, two goals and both were well struck goals. So um, I think he was he was given that that Phoenix back line everything they could handle. So uh, I would say it's Asante, but not by a ton over Seaton. Perfect. And, 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 you know, you mentioned Seaton there. I mean, is there, I mean, he's probably one of those players uh, in the USL, at least one of the top players that has sort of come on uh, as the season has progressed. He wasn't sort of that prolific player at the beginning of the season, but he's definitely uh, uh, proven that he needs to be out on the pitch and he needs to be out there for, for Orange County. And he's been successful for it and he's been helping us. Yeah, I was talking to him a little bit off the record and um, he was basically, he was saying, uh, the first little bit of the season, it was um, him and Envoltson trying to work out how to play that that final through ball um, to break through into the opposing 18 and get the shot off. And it took him a little bit to, to get it going, but now that they've got it sorted out, um, if either one of them has to move out wide for something, they, they don't enjoy it too much and, and they uh, get a little bit frustrated uh, because they have now figured it out so much and, and so well that they... They just prefer to stay central and, and link up as they've been doing so prolifically now for, what, 20 matches probably? 19, 20 matches, so. No, definitely, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's good to see the progression there and the it, the growth of this, this team, even though there's a bunch of veterans on this squad. Um, it's definitely good to see the way they've progressed and the way they've, they've meshed together because a lot of these players, this is their first season together. So when you can uh, put that all together and you can see that improvement, it just you know makes you more you know excited to see what's going to happen the remainder of the season and heading into the playoffs because this team is definitely growing. Um, you know, for my pick, uh, you know, you guys have already picked a couple of, of great players there. I think I'm just going to have to go with Thomas Innovolton on this one. Uh, and basically, I'm just picking him because, you know, he got a goal in the match, which kept him up on the lead uh, for the Golden Boot. And if anything, I want to see him be able to, you know, A, I want to see us be successful uh, and make a nice deep run, maybe even lift that USL Cup at the end of the season. But uh, to see one of our players uh, in the thick of things for the Golden Boot, uh, you know, it's not a bad, uh, bad alternative to enjoying the season as well so but all all in all a great match for this uh for these two teams um it was definitely an exciting match to watch i think the fans probably loved it if you're not a a diehard usl fan you couldn't find anything you know poor to say about this match uh for the most part um maybe the ref uh was not the best but uh, that's something that seems to be a recurring theme in the usl so we won't uh, harp on that too much all right, so let's look forward now. There's uh, a match, a big match for Orange County coming up this evening uh, as they are going to be playing host in Irvine. They're going to be hosting Las Vegas Lights. Uh, is it La Las Vegas Lights FC, I believe, is what their official title is. Uh, and, you know, the the wonderful thing is we got Carson on here, and he's definitely been following Las Vegas throughout the season. He's on the Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour podcast, and uh, they talk all things soccer, not just Las Vegas, but being there in Las Vegas, you probably get to see a lot of uh, what they got going on, Carson. Uh, what uh, maybe two or three things do Orange County fans need to know about Las Vegas 
heading into this match? I would say the easiest two things I could think of would be chaos and anarchy. <laughs> that is that is the lights motto for everything on the pitch and off the pitch. Um, they're like when we were talking about Phoenix pressuring, you know, uh, Orange County, the lights are going to do that, but they're not going to have the quality that Phoenix does. So um, they play rough. They press the ball. Um, their goalkeeper is crazy and does funny stuff sometimes. They have Freddie Adu. It's um, pretty much a traveling circus for the most part. Um, but, you know, granted, they will play hard for the entire match, which can't say that about every team in the league. So um, they are going to make it physical. They lead the league in tackles, yellow cards, fouls, and I think they're tied for the lead in red cards. So that's kind of the match you're going to get. So pretty much we can expect uh, the unexpected in this match is what you're pretty much saying on that. Yeah, 1,000%. What, now you said you know the goalkeeper is crazy. Was was the Las Vegas goalkeeper? Was he the one that like dribbled like halfway through uh, across the pitch or the field uh, in a match, or was that yeah, a different goalkeeper? That, no, that was him. That was R Ricardo Farino. He uh, he did that in a match during the regular season, and then the preseason he tried to dribble around a couple players and lost the ball and took out the player and got a red card. Um, in their open cup match, he took a couple free kicks and actually hit the crossbar on one of them. So he's um, he's also a big fan of the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag after big saves. He, I mean, he's a great keeper as far as um, big saves are concerned. He His record's not great. I think he only has three clean sheets on the season. But um, when people ask, like, hey, who's a player to watch, he's 100% worth price of admission every time. Oh, and then so, like, you know, you're talking about, you know, expect the unexpected. I, I know Las Vegas, we talked about it on an earlier podcast. They're also the ones that tried that crazy, uh, I think it was we talked about it with Dominic from the Rising as One podcast, uh, or the Phoenix, you know, I think that's their name. Uh, but uh, we are talking about that one crazy penalty kick at the end of a match uh, that yep. uh, Las Vegas attempted, and that was what you guys did. So, I mean, there you go, Orange County fans. It's it, Like uh, Carson said, you basically can expect the unexpected um, you know, this is a team that has DJs in the locker room. Uh, what is it? They had llamas uh, at a yep, match. Yep, Dottie and Dolly every match. They have like Cash? an Elvis. Isn't he a, yeah, isn't he the mascot or something? An Elvis yeah, mascot? He, yeah, he's like, I'm air quoting Elvis. He's not technically Elvis, but he's the soccer rocker. So yeah. He's the likeness of, but just short enough not to be sued. <laughs> exactly exactly that i mean that's kind of the line the lights travel in general it's like you know the border between inappropriate and creative they're like they walk down there occasionally they step on one side or the other but uh yeah honestly when i watch a match there will be a match where i'll i'll go into it and i'll say okay they're you know they're gonna get completely smoked and then they would win like 4-1 so it's it, you you absolutely cannot predict them so um my, my major question on this then would be, uh, like you said, it's it's sort of like this traveling circus. You know, if if it's something that anyone has ever dreamt of, of trying on a soccer field, Las Vegas is probably going to try it out. Um, how have the fans um, dealt with that? Is that something the fans have embraced? Uh, is it something that you see maybe in a year or two the fans are going to be like, okay, let's try and get serious and, and put a, a serious soccer team out there? Or is it just, you know, it's Las Vegas, you know, we're going to be getting the Raiders. We're just, we're crazy people. Uh, out here in Las Vegas, we don't care how crazy our teams are. I think it, it started out as um, people liked the you know uniqueness of it, but it's definitely trending towards the okay. Let's this is cool, this is fun, but we're a so I'm a soccer fan, so I want to you know watch a real soccer team. Um, so it it's kind of a balancing act for the the club in general to try to. You know, please the fans still do crazy stuff and get, you know, publicity. But um, the fans have been good. That I mean, just going back to expect the unexpected, I was not sure about the fan base. Las Vegas is just a weird town in general. Um, there's a lot you can do in Las Vegas, some legal, some not. Uh, so I really wasn't sure what a soccer team would look like here. And uh, they, they're averaging maybe five, 6,000, um, probably somewhere in that range for each match, which is pretty good. Um, there's a large Hispanic community here. So a lot of it is, um, I've talked to a couple people, like it's kind of like a, you know, poor man's Liga MX match where it's, you know, 
lot of crazy stuff going on pregame. Uh, the fans are usually loud, so um, I had very low expectations for the fans, and they've they've impressed me. And um, you know, it's uh, is is this? I guess you you've said you know that you know your fans have sort of embraced it a little bit, but maybe it's gonna slightly I don't know gonna be different. You know, the the cool thing I guess with it is when I look at it is. I think Las Vegas has probably been uh, in our podcast. This is only our 10th episode, but it's probably been one of the at least easiest things for me to discuss with someone where I actually feel like I know some of the stuff that's been happening with Las Vegas. And it's uh, unfortunately, it's a lot of this crazy circus stuff. But, you know, hey, you know, if, if it's if it's drawing the attention of fans outside of Las Vegas, I guess uh, ownership probably has to be happy with it because it's promoting their brand a little bit there. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, it goes to the any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you on that. Uh, Dylan, I don't know, uh, you know, what you know about Las Vegas other than what we've talked about. Um, you know, is is there anything that you're concerned of heading into this match? I know, uh, you know, me and you, we're more the Orange County experts. We don't uh, we don't have too much knowledge on Las Vegas, at least on the pitch. Um, and, and I don't want to get into that whole let's be super confident about it. But what are your thoughts just heading into this match as a fan for Orange County? Where to begin? Um, it's going to be a lot like um, the last match, I think, or not in terms of game quality, um, or, or like a lot of MLS matches, especially the DC United Orlando City match this weekend, where um, it's going to be exciting, but I am very nervous um, for injuries. Um, I remember when the lights came out for their preseason match in Orange County, and if friendly, they somehow managed to get a red card. Um, in a preseason, like, <laughs> let's get fit match. So I know they haven't seemingly turned that off at all, and they're this very aggressive, hard-tackling um, team. And I don't know how much of that comes from the players they have or just from how the club is structured and, and what their instructions are as players um, from the management. But um, more than anything, I think Orange County, or let me put it this way, I know Orange County has the quality to see past this. Um, I know we've been confident before with teams that are on the bottom half of the table, and then we've watched Orange County play down to their level and either lose or draw to them. So I'm hoping that there's not too much playing down and that there's no complacency. I think how the Phoenix match and how the Phoenix oh sorry how the Phoenix match ended with them almost coming back. I think Orange County will be a little bit wary, and um, hopefully that guards against complaints, complacency in this match. But more than anything, I'm hoping everyone gets through it, no one gets hurt. You know, there's three points at the end of it for Orange County. Yeah, I think that ending to the Phoenix match is probably a blessing in disguise for, uh, at least for the fans, You know, knowing that the team didn't come uh, cruise to an easy victory, so maybe they're not going to be... Um, in that cruising mood heading into this Las Vegas match, they'll come out ready to probably uh, a fight and get the three points. I'm hoping that's what happens. Um, Carson, what are your thoughts? Does Las Vegas have uh, a chance on this match? Or if, uh, you know, the teams come out the way we expect them to come out, is it uh, going to be pretty much an Orange County victory? I, as far as quality, you would assume Orange County would win somewhat comfortably. Um, like I said, anytime I think that Vegas wins, so we'll see. But the uh, like Dylan was saying with the physical tackling, a lot of that is Chalice, who's technically the technical director. Um, when he was managing in Liga MX, his teams were typically the most penalized. So um, this is just something he kind of embraces. Thankfully, this match is in Orange County. Um, the pitch here in Las Vegas is small, and so that physical play just takes it, it it's a nightmare to play here just because it's hot um, the pitch is small the team's so physical it's just not a fun match so um i think orange county with, with that midfield with quinn and duke i think they're going to be able to control the match enough where they can you know pick apart the defensive liabilities and um the lights will be without let me see their two center backs um Wiki and gardunio are both suspended and their best player, Carlos Alvarez, is also suspended. So they're um, a team that's low on the table and also doesn't have three of their better players. So, um, again, all common sense says Orange County will win, which means Vegas will somehow win. 
<laughs> well, that is just a, a wonderful thing <laughs> to hear. Uh, but uh, no, 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 I definitely uh, understand what your thoughts on there. It's, it's something that me and Dylan have sort of uh, struggled with through this season where, you know, you think one thing and then it's just for whatever reason, the other thing happens. So hopefully, like I said, the Phoenix end of the Phoenix match is a blessing in disguise. Uh, Orange County comes out uh, full force. Uh, takes care of business um, and doesn't sort of either come into it thinking they should win. So therefore they can just sort of cruise. Um, and, and hopefully that's the, that's the, the, I guess the conclusion on this match is that Orange County wins. Um, let's do this really quick before we move on past this. Let's just go ahead and uh, do a quick prediction on this. Uh, and let's go ahead and start with our guest, Carson. Who do you think, or what do you think the final score in this match will be? And who do you think is the the key player of this match uh, for either team? I will say I'll go Orange County 3-1. And I think the key player will be Farina, the keeper for Vegas. Um, he's almost always due to make some silly mistake. But he also, um, they lost their match this weekend. Like, I think they gave up four goals. I think it was four to one, and it easily could have been seven or eight to one, but he makes big saves. So I think um, I think it'll be three one. I think he'll mess up at some point, but also keep like three shots out that he has no business stopping. All right. And uh, how about you, Dylan? Uh, what are your thoughts? What is your prediction on this match? And who is the uh, the key player to look for? Oh, man. Uh, two one lights with Usain Bolt scoring the winner. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, that's, sorry. That's He's Austin in Australia. Bold. Oh, wait, no, so, no. Yeah, that's, uh, that's Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I'm going to go with uh, 3-1 uh, Orange County. I'll say, I mean, Seton's been on fire. But your defense is terrified. Um, I'll say he gets one, Ennevoldson gets another. Um, that should push Ennevoldson back up to the top of the Golden Boot, depending on how results go elsewhere. Um, but I, I don't think Orange County even if they play down to the level of Vegas, which I think is a level of insanity more than anything else, um, we'll have no problem seeing the game through. All right, for me, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go with a 2-0 victory for Orange County. Uh, and I think uh, Anna Voltsen will be the, the key person, the key player in this match for for the good guys um, in, in a victory, which uh, will help keep us uh, in second place in the USL West. So that's awesome. Um, hopefully, uh, that is what happens. All right, so um, before we end this episode, let's just talk briefly about a couple things. One thing I want to talk about or just want to ask you guys, did either of you guys witness or see a clip of the amazing Wayne Rooney um, play this past weekend? I did. You did? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you want to sort of uh, explain what, what we saw on that play. If we saw a player that I think people were questioning his, I don't want to say motivation, but how questioning how high his motor would be coming to MLS after playing in the Premier League for so long and um, chasing down, you know, breakaway, winning the ball back, and then delivering a perfect cross in from, you know, way out there. I think um, two things, two takeaways for that. One, a lot of people on Twitter were mentioning Acosta, who ended up scoring the goal, had a pretty blatant and looked purposeful trip before the breakaway started for Orlando City. So that was one thing. Um, the second thing for me would be for the young players. I think that was the, a dream for Ben Olsen, for the manager. I don't know how, as a young player in that locker room, you cannot run 100% the entire match. If you don't, I feel like you, manager Ben Olsen's like, yo, Wayne Rooney is, you know what this guy has done in the world? And he had the you know, we'll say testicular fortitude to chase that down and, you know, make that play. So I think, um, what I mean, what an example for a young player to see that. Well, and I mean, how many, how many players, you know, I, I, I get it. Wayne Rooney is this amazing player, but he's, you know, he's on the, the backside of his career, right? He's not, for sure. He's not at that peak level. Uh, it would be, I, I guess an example or, or what you could think comparing this play is if you'd have like a, a Kobe Bryant, uh, towards the end of his career, you know, be able to, you know, get a dunk from the free throw line or something like that. It, it's one of those things where you don't expect that anymore out of him. And somehow he was able to pull this pretty much, I, I what, from almost half, halfway or, or midfield. And, and this amazing, amazing back 
back post pass. I mean, yeah, like you said, if if a player on DC United can't run towards the goal when Rain, Wayne Rooney has the the ball, then he does not need to be playing uh, on that team because yeah. I mean, and you even factor in how small Acosta is, and the fact that he was the one that headed it in is crazy. No, definitely. Uh, Dylan, did you get a chance to to witness that that play at all or see the clip of it? I did. Yeah, and I just. <laughs> Wow. Wayne Rooney. <laughs> that was reminiscent of the Rooney I watched when I was a diehard United fan growing up. Um, and, and watching him track back from being a number nine to somehow finding himself in front of uh, like Patrice Evra as a left back <laughs> or some defensive left winger and then making a tackle and, and setting up some attacking move from United. So, I mean, he's 32 and he's not the player that he used to be. 10 even 15 years ago I mean he's been playing for so long but I don't think anyone could have any doubt that he is a player who wants to win and the kind of like mess like uh like Carson was saying the kind of message that that sends to the rest of the team that all right we might have a bunch of games in hand and there might be this debatably washed up player and here he is tracking back to make a game uh you know to make a really important tackle and then but the game-winning cross in, it, it's good for everyone, and it's it's good even away from the club for the fans to watch something that insane happen in the 96th minute of a match. And that's production value, you know? That's uh, that's Hollywood in Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, exactly what you say there. I mean, I rarely, you'll rarely see me or catch me watching MLS, and when I saw, you know, that there's this, highlight clip of that and it's Wayne Rooney I'm like okay let me check this out everyone's talking about it I see what that is I mean I'm it's just amazing so um you know yeah like you said it, it's it's pretty much Hollywood you know in DC right there and you know, it's almost as amazing as that you know Ibrahimovic goal on his debut against uh, uh LAFC uh so it's awesome stuff, man. Some of these awesome players coming out to America, and I think it's just going to continue to grow. And hopefully, USL is a big part of that. Uh, seeing some of these, uh, you know, European players seeing multiple opportunities to come out here. Uh, I know USL will never get the the Wayne Rooney's or the Ibrahimovic's, but uh, you know, if you can get those those second tier European players to come out here, um, you know, awesome for the league, awesome for American soccer fans. It's just going to continue to grow, which is amazing. All right, before we uh, we wrap this up, I just wanted to you know do as we always do and just sort of open it up to um, Dylan and our, and our guest Carson. If there's any you know last thoughts, ideas, anything you want to share with our listeners uh, before we go through the the you know traditional closing spiel here. Yeah, I'll throw out um, congratulations to Timothy Weah for scoring his first goal for uh, Paris Saint Germain this weekend. Um, makes me feel terrible at myself because he's two and a half almost two and a half years younger than i am and uh not only playing for probably one of the better club teams in the world um scoring as well in a match so you know he's 18 he's got a lot we've got a lot to look forward to um especially with him as a u.s international and what about you carson you have any uh just sort of tidbits to throw out to our listeners any interesting information that you want to share Definitely a, a double shout out to Tim Way. That was a that was a nice again an all effort goal. You know to just force the bad clearance and knock it in. But um, no, I would actually just kind of shameless plug for for Beautiful Game Network, which you guys are a part of as well. Um, today we had a great feature on Joe Greenspan, who plays for uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Not only does he play for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, he's also um, a U.S. Navy Reserve. He actually did. I think he did a year of service for the for the U.S. Navy as well. So um, really cool story, really great feature. Um, Jeffrey Fowler did that one. And then um, I have a good one with Jaime Villarreal for uh, Sacramento Republic FC, formerly uh, with Los Dos and LA Galaxy. So that should be dropping tomorrow too. So, um, yeah, BGN, best network for podcasts, USL-centric, and then also um, kicking up the written side a little bit with some player features, which are always fun. No, definitely. And then, you know, we're uh, we're excited to be part of that group. It's a great group of podcasts. And like uh, like Carson said, they're getting into the writing, uh, the written aspect of things, too. So it's a great uh, it's a great place to go if you're a soccer fan, if you're especially if you're a USL soccer fan, there's no better place to go to uh, listen to and read up on, you know, pretty much every team in the USL, even if there's not a dedicated podcast to some of those teams out there. Uh, but, uh, you know, even uh, the podcasts that there are there, 
you know, you're going to hear something about some of your teams every once in a while because, of course, we always play some of those teams uh, that aren't doing that. And, and again, the written work seems to be kicking off pretty well, and it's a great place to go. So check that out. Um, you know, he's, you know, Carson's bringing out this this awesome, you know, feel-good story about, uh, you know, a, a military player and whatnot. And I'm going to sit here and say my last thing to talk about is Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, I was up at 3.30 in the morning so I could drive out to a, a bar in Huntington Beach. I'm going to plug them because they were an amazing place. Monk's Addiction, if you're ever out in Huntington Beach, uh, off of Beach in Edinger, it's a great place to go. They have some good, uh, you know, comfort bar food, mac and cheese, uh, sausages, uh, you know, fancy grilled cheeses and they have a bunch of beer and wine and uh, and whatnot great place to go to watch some uh, some soccer matches uh you know whether it's premier league or any other league they'll they'll definitely uh hook you up because they're uh, one of their owners is a diehard soccer fan so uh check it out if you're ever in the area uh and you know hopefully uh i won't i think that was my only match i have to wake up that early for for tottenham hotspur everything else will be later in the day but i was up at 3 30 in the morning driving out to huntington beach and i was half asleep on doing so so but uh, uh, one thing, last thing, Carson, do you do you have a Premier League you follow? I actually, yeah, funny you bring up the Tottenham match. So I actually am the site expert for Newcastle Tunes for fan-sided. So um, Newcastle United, by by irony, I guess, that, that brings us here together. <laughs> Definitely. It's cool. I had a, I have a friend that uh, he used to live out there, and he actually came out to the match with me, too. He was the only Newcastle guy at the bar. It was a bunch of Tottenham fans. He's a good man. <laughs> no, I, you know, I got respect for any, you know, th- this is the thing that's great with like, you know, Orange County. I mean, if you can follow an Orange County team, a team that you pretty much know is not going to ever win the top league championship. I mean, nothing against Newcastle, but if you can support a team just because you love the team or they're from your city, I mean, that's what this is, you know, um, such amazing, uh, why this is such an amazing sport. So. Um, for sure <laughs> so hey uh before we go carson i want to give you a chance to sort of let our listeners know where they can find you uh you know go ahead and plug away all your you know the stuff you're involved with so people can find uh your writings your you know your podcasts or you know your social media yeah my list is starting to get stupid long but yeah so let's go through the list so we have obviously i'm writing the previews and the recaps for for orangecountysoccer.com for the team and then um, BGN written, so you can Twitter wise, you can follow me personally at Carson A Merck, and then the BGN written side at BGN written. Um, I cover the lights for BGN written. I cover Newcastle United for Newcastle Tunes, and then I actually also cover Rio Grande Valley for Dynamo Theory. So um, it's pretty hard to avoid me. And then also you can hear me on the on Las Vegas Soccer Betting Hour every Saturday morning with my guy Thomas Viola. Um, it's live here in Vegas, and then always podcast, and then also on the Beautiful Game Network. And I know uh, if uh, Dylan or I ever get a chance to head out to Vegas uh, to catch one of your, you know, podcast or your live uh, episodes, we'll definitely get a chance, sir. We'll definitely try and do that. Uh, but sure. I definitely, <laughs> I want to thank you uh, for coming out. It, it, I mean, it sounds like you have this full plate of. Uh, of responsibilities for this this wonderful game of soccer all over the place so uh you know again thank you for taking some time out to come chat with us uh we, i just thought it was a perfect opportunity i mean you're you're pretty much now an expert orange county expert las vegas and because you cover so much other stuff i mean you're pretty much an expert usl soccer or whatever uh going on so i just thought it was a great opportunity for you to come join us i, I was happy to do so Awesome. Well, uh, with that said, folks, I want to go ahead and uh, thank all of my listeners or all of our listeners for uh, uh, coming on and taking a listen to this uh, episode today. If you're a returning listener, you've been there from the beginning. Thanks for coming back each and every episode. If you've just joined us for the first time, maybe uh, you know you followed Carson on and, and decided to t- uh, you know tune in and listen to us, feel free to check out some of our older episodes. We always talk about stuff from past episodes, so if you want to hear uh, exactly what we were referencing, feel free to do so and check it out. Uh, you can find us at our website, www.orangeandblacksoccercast.com. Um, you can also find us on the BGN, uh, Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm, uh, Angels on Parade. There's always links to our stuff on there. Uh, and you can find us on any of the major um, podcast players, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, I don't know Spotify yet. Um, iTunes, Google Play, um, Stitcher, You know, pretty much most of them. I, I, I don't know why I can't get Spotify to get us on. Uh, but I think uh, a lot of people have that issue sometimes. So, uh, but with that said, uh, I want to thank everyone for checking us out. Um, uh, you know, uh, I hope uh, we have a, a great uh, outcome this evening. Uh, as Orange County, hopefully, we'll be able to take care of Las Vegas Lights FC. And uh, thanks for listening. And we're out. Orange County, you are my team.
Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.